Lodgecasters, welcome to the Lodgecast, the official podcast of Gentleman'sAvenue.com. I'm your host, Mr. M. This is being recorded at the Lodge in Whittier, California. We're on the 13th floor, the penthouse suite of Whittier's tallest building. You're tuned in to episode 11. This is a huge episode. This is, okay, we had Migs Whiskey here. They did our, our first like actual musical performance uh, or, you know, it was an interview with music along. Uh, awesome, awesome episode. But this is our first full band performance. Uh, it's a great interview. We have the legend R&B singer, Little Willie G, the voice of the Midnighters. And we have Orange County's rawest rock and roll garage band, rhythm and blues, the OC Hurricanes, they're backing them, and they'll be doing some of their music. Original music, man, it's great stuff. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that because you're going to get a lot of good insight from uh, Willie G about how songs came about, the history of them. I mean, we're talking Land of a Thousand Dances, the town I live in, um, and Whittier Boulevard, which is you know a stone's throw away from us. So you're going to want to stay tuned. That live performance will be coming up. I mean, we filmed it here in the lodge. And uh, it's a great, great time, man. You want to talk about energy. You want to talk about, man, just ferocity and music. I mean, today music is lacking, right? It's lacking originality. It's lacking innovation, creativity. And man, Willie G's blessed with a good voice and the Hurricanes. They're just, they have musical talent that's, you know, second to none. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. This was being filmed on 527. So this episode was filmed on 527 and this intro is being filmed. Today is Father's Day, uh, June 18th. Today is Sunday, June 18th. And so for all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day and uh, just enjoy your loved ones. And every day should be a day that we enjoy the people. It's not just one damn day out of the week, people. So um, anyways, so make sure you find us on our website, gentlemansavenue.com forward slash the Lodgecast. You can also find us on iTunes. Just look up the Lodgecast. It'll come up. We're on Google Play, uh, Blurberry. You could download it from our website, Instagram, at Lodgecast, Twitter, at the Lodgecast. Uh, remember, this is not only a podcast, which is the audio portion, but we also have a vodcast, which is the video. So all this performance, I mean, if you're just listening to a podcast right now, the audio only, that's cool. But make sure you check out the vodcast. You're going to want to check out this legendary performance that we have in store for you guys. So that'll wrap up that. This episode sponsored by our house brand, Old Duck Grooming. Uh, we're going to play a little commercial for you guys, a little promo video. Uh, so I'll be back in a few minutes. Check it out. I spent hundreds of hours researching all natural ingredients and discovered for thousands of years they have been used for medicine and grooming. I also researched and found the highest quality ingredients to produce an all-natural, zero-toxin, no-chemical shave cream. My product was not developed in a laboratory or by some machine. It was developed with passion, innovation, and creativity. My product not only promotes healing, but also revitalization. The days of needing shave oil, shave cream, aftershave, and moisturizing lotion for your face are gone. Our product is an all-in-one. We sent our product to barbers from around the world and nobody has ever seen a shave cream perform and provide the nourishment and revitalization as ours does. There is nothing on the market like it today. Shaving is the most traumatic act that you can do in grooming. And that is why our product promotes healing and revitalization. Old Duck Grooming is committed to the highest quality ingredients to produce the highest quality product. Check us out at oldduckltd.com.
All right, now that you're all rushing out to try to find out about Old Duck, uh, the website, oldduckltd.com. Uh, we'll have more news about that. So yesterday we wrapped up Real California. We revived this series that I was doing. It's really discovering businesses, people, craftsmen, uh, you know, artists that are, you know, really, really reviving California and showing the authenticity of, of what they're doing. And so we, I was blessed. I mean, I haven't done it in years and, uh, you know, I'm blessed to have a camera operator come on board, to, to learn the, 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 the craft and the profession and the art of filmmaking. So, uh, he's basically my legs and arms, um, to get these things done. Uh, Matt two strikes. You awesome. You rock, man. We had a great time yesterday at American vintage barbershop up here in Whittier. Many thanks to all the barbers to Annie Gomez, man. Thank you. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Uh, and you guys are going to want to stay tuned, man. This episode of real California, that'll be coming out in about a month from now. Uh, once we get it all buttoned up and edited for you guys, uh, it's really going to rock and roll, man. Uh, in memory of the late, great Carlos Gomez, my barber. And, uh, but anyways, we had a good time there at American Vintage Barbershop. So you're going to want to stay tuned for Real California, uh, that episode coming up. You can also find our other episodes. We did Willemma Hat Company. They were in Santa Barbara at the time. We also did a 90-year-old barbershop, Calpine on the Ave in Stockton, California. We did Ed Hardy's Tattoo City up in San Francisco, Wild Bill's Barbershop in Lindsay, California, and uh, Chuco Moreno out of Classic Tattoo there in Fullerton. So those are previous episodes. You can find those all on YouTube. And so the revival of this series will be American Vintage Barbershop. Uh, also, make sure you check out the Bombs Magazine Super Show. That's at Long Beach Convention Center. June 25th. That's coming up June 25th. So if you like what uh, Willie's putting down here today, make sure you check it out. He will be performing and also Montebello's own wise guys. We had the wise guys on here. So you're going to want to make sure you support uh, local car shows and, you know, talent that's there performing and just doing an awesome job. So that's uh, the bombs car show. It's a second annual super show. They'll have all kinds of cars, low riders, and just a lot of good stuff. June 25th. Check them out at bombsmagazine.com. So that'll pretty much wrap up everything, the latest and the greatest here with gentlemensavenue.com. So as you get ready to watch this episode, just have a little mercy on me. This is my first time not only doing a podcast, but learning about audio. So uh, on the first song, we had a little bit of a struggle. I left the, the mic I was using on, but uh, you know I got that straightened away. Uh, quickly within a few seconds of the performance and uh, but you know it really captures I really think that this podcast episode really just captures the energy the soulfulness and like I said Willie G Mr. Garcia tells a ton of great stories of you know seeing the Rolling Stones when, when they were just kind of like you know touring around and nobody really knew who they were in the states uh, you know, Cannibal and the Head or Hannibal and the Headhunters. It, it's really good, really good stories. So I hope you enjoy the episode and take care and be well, my friends. Hey, Lodgecasters, we're here on the set of the Lodgecast and we have an awesome show. This is our first live performance. We not only have the great legend, the voice of the Midnighters, Mr. Willie G., and we have OC Hurricanes. Roach, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce the band to the folks? Um, I'm Roach. Over there to the right, we got Jabrama on bass, harmonica as well. The back, we got Eddie on the organ. On the far back, we got Alejandro Marcial on drums. And then we got the newest one, Brian on the sax. Brian on the sax. So we're here in Whittier, man. We're, we're at the lodge today. And um, tell me, man, when I when I told you guys about this, uh, doing this, what went through your head? I mean... Can I cuss? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it's... It's amazing to have another legend to like be in front of. We've performed with other legends before, so mm. for me it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't get this chance. A lot of people don't get this chance, and for me, like I'm really grateful for it, and I thank you for it, and mm -hmm. I thank you for doing this with us too. And I don't, I don't know about the guys, but I'm pretty stoked. I was just, I don't know, it was kind of like a dream, like a pinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a dream, man. No, you know, and this dream started a few years ago because when I met uh, Mr. Garcia at a, an event. And he sat in front of me and I, I, this is my first time meeting him, he sat in front of me and I'm like, and I, and I knew the hurricanes, you know, 
Don't make me start hitting the symbols here, but anyways, or whatever it's called. Symbolic. Yeah, it's symbolic. And I told him, I said, you know, there's a band in Santana. I go, I, I really want, I, I really wanted you to, to, to meet them. He kind of just looked at me and gave him my card. And, you know, something that happened years ago, you know, at least probably three or four years ago, is finally taking place. That's crazy. That's destiny. It finally took place. We, I wasn't sure. You know, I mean, that's the thing is I wasn't sure how it was going to work. I just told him, hey, you know, I wanted to write an article at the time. I just wanted to write an article on him. And uh, but I knew there was going to be a connection. I didn't. The podcast didn't exist at that point. That's destiny. That's when we're at the place where we're supposed to be in life. And uh, you remember that meeting at Montebello? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> we went to go see uh, the Wise Guys. Wise Guys. At, uh, concerts in the park there mm-hmm. at Montebello Park. And uh, yeah, it was just a brief encounter. You're a real gentleman, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, the uh, Gentleman's Avenue. Yeah, you mentioned that, and uh, yeah, it was just for the I think the magazine, right? Correct, correct. And just the way things work out, I had to leave uh, town for a while. Uh, I had an uh, outstanding warrant. <laughs> no, I had some family. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I had to take care of it, and we kind of, kind of just drifted apart. But then. Uh, the Lord brought us back around full circle here. Mm, yes, he but did. Almost a year ago, I mm-hmm. think it was, we started talking about this. Yeah. You told me you had the, the webcast now. Yeah. The Lodge. <laughs> right? That's right. And I asked him if it was the Mystic Nights of the Sea Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, when he was here, he was here. He was my first guest on, the, on my podcast. And, um, you know, after I kind of got him smoothed up, like, you know, loosened up a little bit towards the end. And so then I kind of slipped in like, hey, so you're going to sing a little bit, you know? <laughs> and he's like, next time. And I thought, you know, okay, man, that's awesome because that means he's going to come back. He's going to come back and he's going to sing. Then at that, that's when I got the, this wheels going of how something that came into my mind years ago was going to take place. And I reached out to whoever manages the Instagram for the hurricanes. And I'm yeah. like, hey, this is... Uh, we have this opportunity, so we're here, and you're going to be doing some songs with them. I mean, your guys' music, uh, the the Midnighters' music, you know, very garage mod music from the '60s, uh, and the Hurricanes is like they're like two peas in a pod. Oh yeah, yeah. When when uh, my son's here with me, Jacob, and we drove up, and we're standing up in the patio, we're we're listening to you guys, and it was very reminiscent of us. Uh, Rehearsing in uh, Benny Savalos' mom's backyard, you know. That's how we started with his backyard. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just really cool. I mean, you know, just really cool. Yeah. Uh, no neighbor complaints, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they, every now and then they go, "Hey, do you guys know sabor a mí?" And so you know, I mean, you start accumulating fans and uh, the support. You know, that's what I love so much about Whittier. You know, it's really a, a very tight-knit community and uh, a lot of stuff uh, people don't know that are going on, you know, but it's happening, you know, just like us, crossing yeah. paths. Yeah, that's how I feel in, in, uh, in Santana. It's, uh, I think it's the same thing. I just think like any like Latino community. Sure. Like, I really love the fact that we all come together mm-hmm. when it comes to something musically, especially for a Latino, doing something that's, you know, what it's not expected from, from you know, what the media portrays. I think it's pretty cool, like playing in like an apartment or his backyard or outside his house, just jamming on, and you have the little kids like dancing around, or the neighbors, <laughs> same thing, asking yeah, for songs yeah. like the typical, like oh, you know, la bamba. Yeah, yeah. Or, like we know it, but we don't play it. What What's uh, uh, really just uh, an honor for me is uh, here we are, some fifty years later. I've been doing this for sixty years, but. You know, uh, technically, some 50 years later, after the Midnighters actually did Land of a Thousand Dances, here we are. Uh, it seems like we're influencing and still impacting, you know, young musicians. You know, that's right. That's uh, very meaningful, very gratifying uh, to me. You know, as a teacher, you know, uh, to see uh, students still rising to the level of expectation, and the music has. Uh, uh, just longevity, man. You mm-hmm. know? It crosses social barriers, and uh, you know, there's yeah. no borders, there's no walls, no. It's the gift that keeps on giving, right? That's right. That's right. So, okay, what? What? Since we're gonna go through a few songs, uh, what song are you guys gonna do first? Let's do Land of a Thousand Dances. That's the one that started it. So, what's the what's the background? Yeah, that was the first hit, right? Right, right. That was this the first was a, hit. 
Oh, yeah, the sun seems it too. Oh, <laughs> right, we we'll gotta get Jake over here. Uh, come on, Jake. Uh, we uh, uh, this song was written by uh, uh, Chris Kenner and uh, Antoine Fats Domino, Fats Domino, mm. you know, oh. Blueberry Hill. He wrote the song? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so it was a very, just sort of a, a regional uh, hit in New Orleans. And uh, as a young band, you know, we, we were traveling. We were just, you know, uh, earning our stripes. And we'd, we'd hear a lot of great music on low-power stations while we were driving through Texas, uh, the Gulf Coast, and whatnot. And, Land of a Thousand Dances was one of them. Uh, Sad Girl, Town I Live In by McKinley Mitchell. Yeah, McKinley They're all Mitchell. songs that I, I think you know we were fortunate to hear and bring them back to East LA and introduce a whole a whole community to some great songs. Cannibal and the Headhunters, of course, uh, did, that one did a much better uh, recording and version of it. You know, uh, and uh, they actually uh, taught me the the song, the Na Na Na, because we used to back them up. Oh, no yeah, and so that's how it that's how it, it, it genuinely came into our, our catalog, into our folder of playing, because we used to back those guys up a lot. And like I say, they did it a lot better. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I have that 45 and your 45, and uh, I just, honestly, I, I don't compare. They're both great. Thank I you. I think they both sound great. I They're raw. I don't know who was first. Now I know it's, it was, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we recorded it first because they got stuck in the fog coming from Fresno, and they didn't make the show. So, yeah, the only songs we had, the only songs we had were the ones that we had rehearsed with them. So we did it. <laughs> That's a great, great story there. So thank God for the fog, right? Yeah, man. And here we are. All right, so uh, I'll get out of the shot here and uh, let you guys uh, start. Like an alligator 
That's for all the nanas out there. <laughs> well, sorry folks on that first song there. I kind of left this mic on when I should have had it off, but uh, I got that fixed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, it right. come out and make them out really yeah. better. You never know. I don't know, Jacob. What do you think? It was pretty terrible. <laughs> we were, clip, we were clipping all over the place, but. Yeah, so we just did uh, Land of a Thousand Dances and uh, had a cool little backstory behind it. And uh, what other song are you guys going to do? Town I Live In? You guys want to try that? Yeah, the, dr the drummer, what's your name again? Alejandro. Alejandro. Alejandro just threw out Town I Live In. What's the backstory on that, Willie? Uh, same thing. We're driving through Texas, and uh, we had this really cool R&B low-power station for about 12 minutes, <laughs> right? And uh, uh, this song came on. I didn't know the name of it, but it just really just uh, impacted my heart, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I just said, man, I got to remember this line. I got to remember the line, right? And uh, I uh, went to Dolphins of Hollywood when we got back home and uh, mentioned that I heard this song. And I sang a little bit for the guy. And they didn't have computers back in 1963, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, opens up this big old, he opens up this big old catalog book and... He says, uh, here, listen to these, and I'll try to find it. And uh, he found it, The Town I Live In by McKinley yeah. Mitchell. Oh. And uh, we had, the Midnighters had the honor of, of introducing that song to a whole new community of listeners. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I heard it. It was pretty cool, too. pretty cool, you know. It's one of the most requested songs uh, in our catalog when we go out. Wow. It's funny that we're even playing the song because where I work at in, by Fullerton, uh -huh. there's a bridge and it says that. That town I live in, yeah. That's right, the mural, by, right? I'm going for a beer and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's the cool thing about even. Uh, are you guys all from Santana or? Yeah. Anaheim. Everyone else? Yeah, yeah. All right, so he's a honorary Santanero, right? Actually, I was born in Santana too, so my family's like since the 20s. But. Um, it, it's it's that special thing about community you know there's something special a pride right even uh where you grew up right and was this uh, central uh, you know where where hispanics uh, and just people in general who live in the community i think even in your community where you grew up you had uh, everything europeans Japanese, yeah european germans irish filipinos of course uh, uh blacks uh, yeah you know it was just amazing a lot of mexicanos yeah yeah yeah, melting pot. yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. It's, it's special. There's certain communities, you know, that are that way. Not not all communities can accept, you know, cultures or, you know, whatever it is, you know, a piñata store in every block or whatever, you know. What was cool, too, is like like yeah. everybody got along. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was like uh, uh, everybody looked out for each other, you know, and that's how we became friends with everybody, all the kids our age and, and that. We were colorblind, actually. Yeah. You know, you never referred to anybody as... Oh, you know that Filipino family? No, it was the, you know, the Santiago's or yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the Pre's or whatever it was. You always referred to the family by their name, mm. you know, which was really cool. I think that's what the song, you know, just kind of brings that, that the, the town you live in, you know. Yeah. It, there's a little bit of, you know, melancholy to it, but yeah, at yeah. the same time, there's still a lot of pride. Yeah. And uh, so I'll get out of your guys' hair and let you guys go ahead and do that. I'm going to shut this mic off, too. First cut is the deepest. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna send this out to Spooky Loopy and Flaco there in Fullerton. It gets so lonely that I have to cry I told my mother Papa too Told him just what I was gonna do I said, if I live here One more year I'm packing my bags, get away from here, the town I've been is so lonely that I have to cry. But I'm not ashamed to tell you that I cry. Come, I lost my baby. If you see her, 
Painful, but uh, <laughs> it hurt. That good. was uh, it hurt good. That, yeah, that that was a uh, that was great, man. I it was. I, it, it's unfortunate everybody doesn't have headsets back here, but it, it sounds good, right, Jacob? I mean, it's it's, it's sounding good. I mean, you guys, this band. I mean, the Hurricanes. Tell me about the Hurricanes. How'd they get started? And uh, we were in the gang. And no, <laughs> um, was he was he the leader of the gang? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> he had to jump us in. Yeah, Brian looks ferocious. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, how do we start? Do you want to take this one? Go ahead, man. I always talk. <laughs> um, it was uh, five years ago. It was like five five years ago when we started. Here, here, go ahead. <laughs> we uh, we actually formed this band. Uh, we were gonna play a talent show for uh, his senior year at Valley. <clears throat> Remember that? Yeah, and uh, we, we didn't think we were going to win. We actually had only, like, what, like two months? Like, less than a month? Less than, even. Less than a month of practicing? Weeks. Yeah. And uh, we weren't expecting to win first place, and we won first place. Yeah. And then after that, we were just like, if we win, we're going to keep going with this. Like, if we win first place, we'll keep going. If not, then we'll just jam, you know? <laughs> that was, like, five, five years ago, six years ago. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were leaving. We were closing the door to my truck, not this one, some other one. And uh, we're, yeah, we're about to leave. Right? We're not gonna win. Dude, let's get out of here. And next thing you know, the winner, the hurricanes. We're, oh, she's wow, <laughs> that's cool. So from a high school talent show band, we have the hurricanes because it started OC Hurricanes, and now it's just the hurricanes, right? Um, well, OC Hurricanes was just easier for like, like you know, when we're performing, it's like, hey, uh, follow us on Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook, OC Hurricanes. There you go. We said, before it was like the underscore hurricanes. Mm -hmm. You know, people are drunk; they forget. <laughs> yeah, what was that called? It's hard for them to underscore it. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's where the LC part comes. But a lot of people know it's LC hurricanes now, which is yeah. funny because it's just for like social media names. Yeah, yeah. It's working, I guess. 
No, yeah, you know what? Matter of fact, I, th- I had a, I got one of your guys. So who's the who's the founding members first? Us uh, three actually. Yes, two. Okay, so the three of you. All right, that's cool. Cause I, I I think I saw you guys at a wild showcase uh, years ago, probably three four years ago. You guys must have just started. It's oh. when you guys came out with that shirt that looked like a comic book. Uh, Oh. Here comes the hurricanes. The one with red going like this. Yeah, is that what it was? <laughs> That's oh. red in the corner going like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was at that show. I think when you guys uh, probably first came out with that shirt. Uh, Rev made those shirts for us. Uh, Dustin Chan's in San Fran. Yeah. And uh, we were so excited to get like shirts. And I was so drunk after performing, I just gave them all the way. I was like, "Shirts for everyone." <laughs> <laughs> like, Can I get a shirt? Yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I got one like that. I don't think I paid for it, but. <laughs> Promotion, promotion. Yeah, people didn't have to wear it. I mean, we didn't care for the money. We yeah. Play, you know? yeah. Yeah. Money. <laughs> well, see, I think, and for the Midnighters, you guys started also in high school as a high school band, right? Yeah, pretty much. Only we, we were called the Gentiles. The Gentiles. Back then, yeah. And uh, uh, it's just uh, uh, like anything, it evolves, you know. Uh, certain guys, they're, they're serious about it. They love music, but they fall in love, they get a job. And their priorities change, yeah, uh, and so, in retrospect, you look at it. Everything happens for a reason, for mm-hmm. a purpose, and it brought in better musicians, you know, uh, more dedicated musicians, and eventually, that uh, became the Midnighters, that band, the Gentiles involved. Damn, I had to change our name too. None. <laughs> <laughs> See if it works for us. Well, los, it, los huracanes. <laughs> huracanes del norte. We play in Tijuana, and that's what they call it. Los huracanes del norte. Do they really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because when the Midnighters started, I'm going to show a picture to you guys here. And uh, for the people that are watching the video, I'll put it up on the screen. They'll be able to see it. I don't have it on my phone. I didn't have my TV here. But this is the first time you guys were called the Hurricanes. I mean, the, the Midnighters. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. This is you guys. <laughs> Surprise. I'm like, Look at you guys. No. You remember this picture? You, 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 blonde hair. you sent me this picture, right? Yes, I did. That's, uh, that's the night we changed our name to Benny and the Midnighters. Mm-hmm. Benny was the leader of the band, right? And he, and he had a really nice 48 uh, Ford pickup truck, candy apple red, you know. But he was just a great uh, uh, conguero and, and bass player. And uh, so we changed the name of the band to uh, Benny and the Midnighters. And we changed the way we dressed. We used to wear little cardigan sweaters and mm-hmm. ties and slacks. But, you know, we started throwing down, man, wearing Long Ranger masks, you know, <laughs> from, from uh, the crest. <laughs> who's that Who's that guy? Who's the guy who turned it up on the guitar? That's Bobby Cochran. He was, he was Eddie all Cochran? of... Uh, that's his nephew. No way. Yeah. And wow. that's Eddie's guitar he's playing. It's a great The right? Gretsch, yeah. Nice. And uh, uh, he's all of 13 years old and I was 15. <laughs> to give you an idea, you know, of where we were at. Uh, uh, and his his uh, his mom and dad owned a recording studio in Cudahy, uh, California. And that's how I met him through our drummer, Danny Lamont. He says, you got to hear this, this guitar player. So I went over there, man. He's over there. He's a session player, 13 years old, playing behind uh, like Spade Cooley and uh, uh, Merle Travis. These guys were, you Google those guys. They were big in the country and Western. <laughs> and he's, he's just a session player. Wow. And during the break, he's playing Miser Lou. You know? Yeah, you know. And we just went, wow, that's the missing ingredient of our band because <laughs> surf was taking off. Mm-hmm. So we asked him, and, and we asked his parents, you know. And he said, sure, we just pick him up, bring him home. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do that to Brian. <laughs> yeah, same thing, huh? <laughs> That's how I got in the band, actually. Richard and Benny and Ross Ceballos, we, we rehearsed while my parents were at the Rock View Dairy getting provisions for the week. <laughs> and we set up the band so we could surprise them when they came home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do with Alex when he was younger, too. Like, we, we would sneak him out. His mom was waiting for him like at five in the morning. On a chancla. So there, there's a lot of parallels. I, I think yeah. not only in the sound and, and just hearing even how you guys started, you know, the hurricanes. I, I wasn't aware you guys started in high school. And, you know, it, it's cool to see. It's even more so not just the sounds, the rhythm, the vibe of everything that you guys got going on. And even you guys, I mean, you guys all seem uh, 
pretty close, right? Yeah, we're good friends. Yeah, we've known him for years. Yeah. We've been through a lot. And it's funny, when he was talking about, like, driving to, uh, was it, Texas or mm-hmm. New Orleans for listening to those R&B songs? Like, I mean, I wasn't driving anywhere, but same thing with us. Like, we love R&B music. Like, 60s, 50s R&B. Like, I think that's what makes us, like, us. That's mm-hmm. how we get our sound as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. we listen to a lot of blues, R&B. We listen to, like, you know, the rock and roll, surfy mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But that R&B sound, it's just, like, it's just there. Yeah, it's soulful. Speaking of surf and soul, the, the last song you guys are going to perform together oh, yeah. is instrumental. very much borderline surf yeah yeah tell them tell them the background of Whittier Boulevard okay uh we had we had the hit with land of a thousand dances and everybody's saying okay well what, what's what are you going to follow that up with right mm. so we didn't know uh so one of our friends uh uh Sammy Martinez uh he was a songwriter and he said, man, I got this song. I think it'd be great for you guys, right? It's called Evil Love, oh, right? Cool. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's a really cool song. And so we went into the studio and recorded that, right? And that was going to be our follow-up to Land of a Thousand Dances. And Bruce Morgan, our engineer, he goes, okay, well, what's the B-side? <laughs> right? So we just started kicking things around. And, and I think it was Roy Marquez and, and Romeo said, well, why don't we do that song? That you guys are always jamming on at rehearsal, which was uh, 2120 Michigan Avenue by the Rolling Stones, 12 by 5, right? And only we, you know. That's uh, what we're talking about in the studio, I mean, in your room, right? Yeah, we, we stole it. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, it's not we, we, we liked it, you know, and if we liked the song, we would play it, you know, yeah. and, and we would make it our own. We, we possessed it, we put in our own energy. And, and Romeo, who was the architect, you know, of the, of the sound, he says, okay, but we got to get a structure. It's got to have 12 bars of this. And so he's the one that actually, you know, kind of helped uh, Roy and Benny Lopez kind of structure the song. And we went in to do it, and just spontaneous, one of those things, I just went, let's take a trip down Whittier Boulevard. And Ronnie Figueroa, our organ player, he just, you know, my... He was a maniac, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody else started screaming and stuff, and we just went, you know, and it just—it's one of those things that just one take, you know, and that was so it. So it was only done in one take. Yeah. Wow. We got the B side. That's it. We got the B side. That's all raw. That's it's raw. Raw rock and roll. And then, then what song. happened is—is is we took the record to KRLA, and they were telling people they were going to play the Midnighters' new release, right? And. uh uh, we didn't know it, but they listened to Evil Love, and they went, no, that's, that doesn't sound like a Midnighters, you know? There must be some mistake. They, they're the ones that turned it over. Oh, they uh, turned the record over, and we're all excited. George Dominguez and I are driving to rehearsal, waiting for Casey Kasem and Dave Hall to play this record, and they play Whittier Boulevard. Here's the Midnighters' new release, right, on Chattahoochee Records, right? And then, let's take a trip, and, and George and I look at each other and say, they're playing the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, those guys knew more than us, right? And the song just took off, man. Yeah, it's amazing. The classic. Yeah, it's amazing. It became a cruising anthem, not just in East LA, but if you go to Detroit, if you go to Japan, Ooh. I mean, uh, I was in Papua New Guinea. <laughs> I didn't that. Oh, man, it's a third world country. <laughs> but, you know, because of the internet, man, they, they're on top of everything, man. And Whittier Boulevard's are cruising anthem even in Papua New Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> Them and their carts, wooden carts. Yeah. And we're not far from Whittier Boulevard, so that makes the song even more special. I mean, we're here in the city of Whittier, and you guys are going to do uh, Whittier Boulevard, so let me get out of your way here. Let me get, get it started. Let's do it. You ready? Let's take a trip down Whittier Boulevard. Uh-huh. Arriba, arriba.
Put some gas in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm all sweaty. <laughs> man, that that's that's good sweat. That's good sweat. I mean, we're that was that was fantastic. Man, tons of energy, man. Tons of energy. I mean, it just, I, yeah, man. I, I'm 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 just I, I'm sitting back there and I'm thinking I just want to stay back. There. I don't want to have to get back up again. This is just I, the vibe, man. I mean, we're, what are we on the 18th floor of the penthouse, right? I mean, in the the largest building in Whittier. Um, I mean, th this is. There's just tons of energy in here, man. I mean, I'm sure you guys feel it all the time, you know, when you play, right? Oh, man, when we play, it's like the most beautiful thing ever. Right? It's raw rock and roll, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. you get away from life. Yeah. You're up there in front of everybody, you're just like, you're that fun. Yeah, yeah. So I love No, man, you guys are all all just, uh, and, and so you, you added new people to the band, right, recently? Yeah, Brian and Eddie. Brian and you know, Eddie. And, uh, we, we figured we needed a saxophone. If it wasn't because of this, we probably wouldn't even have a sax. I'm sorry, but hey, no, just kidding. No, 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 <laughs> no you're good, man. You're good. It, you're here. We had it, and I was like, dude, like, just like with uh, Picasso, uh, Jesus, he'll come, he'll come in the picture right now. Um, yeah, we practiced, and he said himself, he's out. Now you sound like a band. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grateful for Brian. Like, yeah, man. That's a full sound. Like the horn just gives it a fuller sound. Yeah, the vibe, man. It's there, man. The organ just sounds amazing, and you're playing Vox, right? What 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 memory do you have of Vox? There, well, we were we were the first American band to purchase. Nobody gave us anything, but we love the Beatles, you know. And, and we were the first American band to purchase Vox uh, amps, no, the Super Beetle, the T sixty bass amps, and uh, we had these little columns, you know, for a PA and whatnot. And then when Vox came to America, they started. Uh, uh, a plant in Sherman Oaks. Uh, they bought the Thomas Organ Company. Oh, okay. I and, heard of those. and uh, uh, you know, that's where they started manufacturing all their Vox. And they got wind that we were using Vox equipment. The only American band, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, in the United States using Vox equipment because it was expensive stuff. A lot of guys couldn't afford it. And so they came and they met us. And when we did the uh, uh, a rock and roll show, I think it was about 1966 at East LA College. They came and they set up a wall of box equipment behind us because we became their best advertisers. Wow. You know, in America, and it just took off. Wow. We were like, what are we talking about? The Beatles used box. You know? <laughs> Steve Winwood. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So it, was, it was a trip, man. It was a trip. Speaking of the so Beatles. Look at that, yeah. that organ there, man. And that, that's a rare one because that's a Jaguar. We had the, the Vox Continental. Isn't that the most expensive one? Yeah, the, the Continental. Okay, That's so what I mean. You know, we <laughs> we just went all out with the, our royalty check from Land of the Falcon. <laughs> 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 so, the Doors used to have one, too. Yeah. 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 So, speaking of other bands, what other bands did the Midnighters play with that were just, at the time, just... Uh, uh, the Bobby Fuller Four. Mm. Uh, they had a song called I Fought the Law and the Law One. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the turtles, the mm -hmm. loving spoonful, the seeds, as mm -hmm. uh, 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 hermits, hermits. In fact, we did a we did an obscure gig, man, in 1964. We were touring uh, to promote Land of a Thousand Dances, and we did a gig at uh, 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 the Governor's Hall in Sacramento. And one of the bands was the Rolling Stones. We didn't even know who they were yet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I heard that similar story about the Rolling Stones. A lot of people don't know who they were. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and they, they were just, you know, they, they, they like, like, look at this fool. <laughs> 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 I don't even know how to dress. <laughs> but man, who who would have known a year later, you know. Wow. Yeah, there's a band from Texas, uh, Larry and the Blue Notes. I saw a documentary on them. They said, they said the same thing. They're like, yeah, they, they asked us to borrow an instrument. Yeah. We landed to them, but we didn't know who they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, it's a Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, it's a trip. Man. And we was like saying, where's the camera? Who's got it? Nobody had cameras back then, you know? Mm. That's a trip. Yeah, nobody's busting out phones. Speaking of, you brought some records to show, right? Yeah, I did. Did you want to go ahead and pull them? Wait, sure. I don't know if Jacob can reach them out. <laughs> Let me have my assistant help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I brought, uh, of course, the first album, the very first uh, camera. Both cameras are on, so you could just. There it is. This is the very first uh, Midnighter album on Chattahoochee. That's our first label. 
As you can see, it's still sealed. What year was that? It's a relic. This was 1965. So 65, yeah, yeah, original press, sealed. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh, the Golden Gate Theater on Whittier and Atlantic, mm -hmm. the marquee. We used the marquee. And uh, this was our first TV show on the back. There's a picture of the band, our first TV show, The Ninth Street West. And uh, we took a picture. That became our publicity photo mm. there uh, on the Ninth Street West set. And right after that, we went to go play the Alpha Hall in Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's our first album. How much does it go on eBay for? <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. I'm well, not sure. I, I did find one of his uh, It'll Never Be Over For Me uh, 45, just the 45 And I think it was going for like a I don't know, 175 or 199 yeah, they, they $199 For his 45 got No <laughs> They got a turntable? No <laughs> This one's sealed also This is a It's a reissue of all our rock songs mm -hmm. In yeah. the Midnight Hour And this is Yeah People refer to us as that we were punk, garage. Those terms didn't exist when we were doing around. this stuff. You know, we were just a band having fun, wearing masks. <laughs> 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 yeah. And so uh, this is a reissue by Norton. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, they're a rarity now, but they're out there. These these are out there. Uh, you, the CD's easier to get than the vinyl. And uh, nice uh, uh, liner notes here by Chris Morris. Dominic Fiore, and also uh, some of the 45 labels, you know, when we first started, just black and silver. And, mm. uh, I don't know what kind of color that is, one was peeping or something. But uh, this is all the, 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 the hard rock stuff mm -hmm. right here in the midnight hour. For all the garage lovers. That's right. And then, uh, of course, we had we did some others. Maybe we could do some stills or some of Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I can put those up. And this is a a project I did, not a lot of people are uh, are familiar with this this project here, uh, the band Malo, Suavecito, right? In 1974, I moved up to uh, San Francisco and I joined the band. I fronted the band Malo for two years. and uh, Point out which ones you so we could see it up there. I'm down in the, the bottom left. In the bottom left. It's a lot of hair there. <laughs> Looks like the bass player over there with a lot of long hair. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I have hair. <laughs> I still have hair. <laughs> and uh, uh, this was a great band. Jorge Santana, Francisco Aguabella, Pablo Tellez, Tony Smith, uh, Mike Fugate, Steve Sherrard, Ron DeMasi, uh, Ron Smith. It was just a great band. And I, I got a thrill uh, touring with them for two years and uh, opening up for... Uh, uh, Carlos and uh, uh, actually Herbie Hancock opened up for us <laughs> on New Year's Eve at, at Winterland. He didn't want to go. I think he had another gig, so he wanted to go on with it. But that's when he was doing the Headhunter uh, series, you know, real electrified mood stuff. And uh, then we toured ten months with uh, Tower of Power mm. and the Temptations. Nice. That was a that was a tour. Malo. Tower of Power and the Temptations. And that's the way we ended. We ended our our tour and promotion of this album. I wish it would have went on a lot longer. It's a great band. Ascension. This can be yours today. <laughs> <laughs> Please uh, follow my eBay account. There you go. There you go. No, so I'm honored, man. I, I've been blessed throughout my life and career. And my son's here, as I mentioned, Jacob. Uh, he plays drums in our band, mm -hmm. and he's a great artist in his own right, producer, composer. So he's he's uh, carrying the the mantle, you know. There he's you going go. on with it, just like you guys. You know, you just keep on plugging along, and it's exciting for me to see uh, you guys taking this seriously too, man. You know, you got a lot of talent and energy, man. Very tight, very tight yeah, band. Yeah. Very tight. I love it. No, yeah. Is there anything you guys wanted to, to go ahead and ask him before we? Uh, he's not going to be leaving yet, but Teaching you guys will. Your ways. Yeah. We could set up something if you guys want later. You know, uh, could, well, I would love to. Just some, some sessions where we could talk and you know. Yes. I'm glad to do that. Now. Is a whole lot more inspiring. Yeah. It pushes. It pushes you to want to play more. Like when we opened up for uh, Barbara Lynn and uh, Big J McNeely, Wanda Jackson, even the ref. 
like those bands like literally they kind of like just inspire me to want to sure. be up there with them someday yeah like like being here with you is kind of like you know it's making me want to keep on doing it cool man hopefully cool. someday we could get to that point mm-hmm. you know and not, not everybody not everybody you look up to sometimes can meet your expectations you know sometimes they could just be a total jerk and not accessible and you know totally that rock star vibe and you know that's one thing i i, I really just admire about um really here is that he's totally you know just a down-to-earth person you know he's legit the real deal you know and you know what i mean and and i think he really does have uh, a good heart in the way he looks at things and music and people it's not uh and that that's a rarity so i'm, I'm blessed i'm blessed to have met you and to have you here and uh now we could enjoy some uh some hurricanes yeah man Throw it down. Yeah, we'll get out of your way here. Let me get these. I don't know. You can leave the original one there. It's okay. I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll. So, see y'all later. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Thank you. Um, we're going to do one more with the guys, and then we'll bring Mr. Taco. Jesus. We need Jesus in our life. So this song, same thing as Willie. Uh, this is a cover of an R&B song by uh, Mickey Wilson. It's called uh, Just Don't Understand. It's a little R&B song. Oh yeah, well he covered it today. It's a cover of a cover. <laughs> Chose to let me go. I let me go. But you 
tore it up are you a little bit hot yeah <laughs> man that that was I, I'm, I'm speechless man uh, uh, yeah it's just vibe man it's, <laughs> yeah that's what happens we're on the 18th floor penthouse of Whittier's tallest building here you know <laughs> no but uh if Mr. Willie G could join us again so we can uh, wrap up this episode here episode so i've had an awesome time with you guys man just uh, you know what i mean it, it, it's 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 been a pleasure it's, it's been a pleasure um thank you guys and uh thank you guys thank you might as well do handshakes here too while we're here all around on camera no thank you thank you Thank you, Willie. Thank you. You got it, brother. Alejandro? I'm sorry. Just <laughs> Brian. Okay. Don't worry, man. I, there was a guy I met, uh, a photographer. He was here uh, filming. He came from the Netherlands, and he, he said his name. He goes, uh, Diamond. And I, so I kept calling him Diamond. And then they go, his name's not Diamond. It's Timon. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I thought, well, that's kind of weird. I thought Diamond was a funny name, too, you know? But anyways... <laughs> Honorary Alejandro over here, <laughs> part two. No, but uh, thank you guys, and um, you know I'm just blessed to have you guys all here, and uh, hopefully you guys all continue doing what you're doing and uh, doing what you're supposed to be, you know. So that'll wrap it up. So until next time, be well, my friends. God bless you.